Welcome to RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Dan, and this is episode 205. Are you mocking me? With the exception of Jesse, my esteemed colleagues, but more importantly, friends, Nick and Justin are with oh, me. Oh, hell no. What just happened? I think he's mocking me. Screw <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Holy shit. At the first yeah. break, we'll be playing some stupid classical music. What'd you guys think of that intro? Yeah. I, yeah. No. Go play in traffic. No. <laughs> You're not feeling that one? No, dude. What's going on, guys? What's up? Uh, what's but, going uh, on with you, dude? Work is going on? <laughs> work is going on. <laughs> work is collapsing. It's just coming down around me and killing me slowly, softly. Boo. Not so Why? What, what exactly is happening? Uh, it's just, you know, it's just that push for production, and it's tough on me. I don't know. It's just there's a lot of shit to get done and not a lot of people to help. That's all. Exactly how many other people are helping you? One. Hmm. I don't know, Nick. What do you think, dude? Sounds like a management problem. That's you can always one pretty much more blame person than helps me do my job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me get this straight. At your job, you're heading up the design, the machining, the production, the assembly, and the testing? Yeah. You do all and that at your customer. job? And making sure it's on time and within budget. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. I got to make a quick beep, 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 uh-huh. Yes, Mr. Sir, this is the Wambulance. How can we help oh, you? Oh, give me a break, you guys. <laughs> I used to like you. I used to like you, too. It's pretty God. <laughs> oh, I'm phoning to call in a complaint. <laughs> Oh, you it, guys suck. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That was fucked up. I'm sorry. My God, that was funny, though. So I'm going to have one of you guys start, because I really didn't do much this week. But I will talk a, a little bit about it after you're done. I do have some, I have some plans, and it kind of coincides with what we're going to talk about towards the end. And I want to talk too. about that for a little bit. But what did you guys do this week? I started f- finally. My my craziness is starting to wind down at home, so uh, it was a little bit of working on the DT five twenty this week, getting the some of the pictures taken. The unboxing isn't, isn't DT mos- mosquito spray? Uh, no, that's no. That's oh, that's DT. Yeah, right. no E on the no Dartan. <laughs> Dartin. That's right. Dartin or Dartan? What is Dartin. this uh, DT500 you speak of? Yeah, it's the the Dartin 520. Really? It's a pretty sweet looking little heli, I got to tell you. I love the canopy design on it. Oh, dude, like, that's one of my favorite parts. Absolutely. Yeah, it was pretty neat. I, 
I uh, you know, got my pictures taken of the box and everything, and opened up the box, and I'm like, whoa, well, hey, wait a minute, like this thing is, I'm not, it's not assembled, but it's assembled in sub assemblies. So what, like the, you know, like the main, the tail, the, the airframe, the frames, frames built. Oh, seriously? I don't like that. Now, is it built with Loctite and everything? That's no. what is yet to be determined, and we're going to find out Aha. because I want to know. So, I mean, yeah, that whether it is or is not will be in the review. I, I don't think I would, you know, I would ever want to rely on it, even if ninety-five percent of the time it was. I don't think that's good enough. All it takes is one screw, dude. But uh, you know what's awesome? Yeah, Justin knows all about that. Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> Except yeah. for in in that particular case, it was like three or four screws. <laughs> so it's my son. That's how that's how he got here. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, this is just got. This is bad. This is. <laughs> this, we need Jesse here, bad. <laughs> oh, dude, Jesse's been getting into it with everyone. I know, but you know what? I actually kind of that is cool. Even if you're gonna take it apart, it's really nice to not have to search through like bags and okay get bag 1e and you know i built we've all built helicopters like that we've built ones where i built them where literally you have a bag o screws that is like all of the hardware in one bag uh and that's a little bit frustrating but no it's just kind of cool because you can take it apart relock tight and put it back together and you don't have to do you know you don't really have to do any searching or anything so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got um, four components. We have the uh, the majority of majority of it finalized. I've got a Hobbywing 100 HV uh, Platinum that's going in there. I'm gonna run that with uh, the fan on it. The Sally's got a nice little mount on the top for that. I have a brandy new set of the new BK Corliss servos. So that's the DS7002s on the Cyclic and the DS7006 HV on the tail. That's going to go in there. I have a mystery fly barless system, which we are not going to announce yet. I'll, I'll leave the details out there. And the only thing that I have not finalized is exactly which batteries I'm going to get, you know, whether in four to 4,500, something around in there, probably 4,000, 41, something like that. And then I still haven't decided on the motor. We've kind of got it. I've got it narrowed down. Uh, what do we decide, Justin? The 4025... 1100. 1100 Scorpion or the 4025... 1100... 1100 X Nova. Yes. That's right. And if I have anything to do with it, then I will complete the trifecta that is Nick trying stuff that he's not sponsored by. Yeah. (laughs) No, but it's true, though. And and that is, it's been a long time since I've flown, you know, or not a long time. Sounds like a long time. In in our hobby timeline, it's a long freaking time. So it's really good. Uh, I think that it's really good for, to take an opportunity like this for me to go out and do other stuff. And, and that's why I welcome this review on all aspects. If 
gotten accused of, oh, whatever, you just like SUV and that's all you like. Well, screw you guys. We're going to get out there and have some fun. You think this one little helicopter makes up for all those months and months of SAB stuff? Oh, Come on, Come on now. I think so. I, You know, well, okay, hold on, Dan. Let's, pandering. Let's, let's, You're pandering, no, let's dude. talk about this. One helicopter. Well, we haven't had an opportunity. One helicopter, one fly barless system, and one motor. Yeah. How about that? Does that I mean, does that make you feel even slightly better? Are you maybe asking I'll me e- that? Yeah, I'm asking about you this? that. Maybe, maybe I'll even fly like a, a pulse battery in it, too, and, and that. really do it. Wow. How about <laughs> that? That might be going too far, Nick. <laughs> hey, man, whatever whatever makes you sleep better at night. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, pillows and blankets. Pillows and blankets. Yep. <laughs> so let's see. That was this week. Um, so hold, hold on, Nick. Bef- before yep. you go past the 520, uh, mm-hmm. did you get, do you know yet, if you got the torque tube or the belted version? This is the belted version. Really? I need to actually, yeah. It is. It's the belt okay. version. I need to go. Actually, I, I admit I haven't gotten there yet. I need to go. They've got a, I want to say a couple different versions of this on their website. Um, As far as like, I think there's a couple different, two different versions you can get of the belted one. I do not one's know, a little honestly. Bit, one's a little bit fancier than the other one or something. I don't know. I pulled it out. This one's got a painted boom. It's freaking sick looking. It's all painted matching colors to the canopy. Oh, yeah, dude. That's what Mark had when I saw him at Urcha. You will never m- lose that thing in the air. Uh, it's cool because it's got both in there. So this one has, I have a regular boom. I have the painted boom. And it comes with like a, a carbon fiber skids. The older, you know, like regular carbon fiber ones. Carbon fiber like goblin skids? Yeah, like the old version goblin. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Wow. But they were they were cool because they also sent over some of like the newer stuff that Dartins worked on. So I have a set of like the regular style skids and everything too. So I I, I mean I think it's really cool. I'm gonna put it through kind of all the paces, try all the different stuff, and see what they've got. And I man, I gotta tell you, I really dig the. Just looking at it so far, you know, not digging into it too much. I like the frame layout. It's a a narrow build frame, you know, by nature, mm-hmm. um, which is nice because it keeps everything really tight and really rigid. But then it's got a battery tray system in the front. Uh, you know, ESC is in a good location, obviously direct to swash, uh, the whole belted setup. So, yeah. I'm I'm actually really really looking forward to to digging into it more. Sweet. And let's see what else. Oh yeah, um, we have a little bit of man down, but not catastrophic. Um, apparently, dude, the roads were pretty bad on the way back from the SmackDown. I found my V control on the trailer floor when I got home. Oh, oh, dude. Yeah. So no more traveling far with it hanging on the wall where I've always had it. So it fell off the wall from like five or six feet. Yeah, probably, probably four-ish. four and a half. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah. Must have hit the table on the way down, hit the floor. I broke one switch. Luckily, it is not a switch that I use. Uh, broke the buddy box switch on the left side. I'll have to get a new switch ordered. No big deal. Lesson learned. It's fine there for the short trips, but, I mean, coming down the pass, we hit, like, some horrendous freaking bumps. Like, those big rolling ones where you're thinking, oh, dude. Where the whole freaking trailer resonates. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, it, you know everything's going up and down back there. And apparently, someone left me with, uh, uh, blessed me with the gift of a cup of cop- coffee that appears to have been sitting on top of the microwave. <laughs> when the trip started, it was on top of the microwave. So I got to see the the cup. Um, it's all down that shelf, down the side of the, the cabinet, all on the bench below it. Oh, uh, that yeah. sucks, man. Eh, it's, you know. It is what it is. I'll I'll be a little bit let call it lesson learned. I'll be a little bit more careful next time, uh, looking over every little detail before I leave. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's about it. I've got some more plans, but like Dan said, we'll get into that a little bit more later on. Justin, yes, Dan, what did you do this week? I had a fantastic week. I didn't crash because that's good because I didn't fly. That's easy to do when you don't fly. Yeah. The weather around here, actually, we kind of alluded to it last week. Uh, you know, Jesse was complaining about what the weekend looked like. And sure enough, the weekend down here was horrible. And most of the week we had rain on and off. So just no opportunity. Plus, much like you, but with far less complaining, uh, my work has taken a lot of time up. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I couldn't even get past it with a straight face. You suck. <laughs> you have no idea. <sighs> I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I hear you. I, I do work long weeks. Generally, my weeks are in the 50 to 60 hour range, depending on what's going on. So I feel your pain. And the fact that you only have one other person to help you is definitely crappy. But life must go on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? If it makes you guys feel any better, I work 40 hours a week at work. And I guarantee you, I equally hate it just as much. Oh, yeah, dude. I got on the phone with Nick right around <laughs> close of business today. And I'm like, dude, you on your way home? Yeah, fuck, dude. Finally. Oh my god! Yeah, he inf- he filled me in when we when we talked today oh. this afternoon. Or just yeah. a bit ago. Just, Sons of bitches actually made him work today. He's yeah, not happy he did. about yeah. it. And I so, was not. Happy. I mean, think about it, Dan. the The nice part, honestly, the nice part about your situation is that because you work with only one other person, that means there's only one other person that can really piss you off. That's not true. No. That is not true at really? all. No. No, 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 no. Everything I don't want to get into it. Okay. There's plenty of other people I can be pissed off at. I'm just talking about the shop. That's just the shop. There's other people to be pissed off at. Yeah, but they're not all like up in your face. Uh, at the most inopportune times, they're up in my face. Okay. Well, I do feel bad for you, and hopefully it passes. It will. I have, though, been taking to the sim 
a lot more often nowadays. Last week, I think I got a couple of days in. This week, I was I'm up to four days, and I you know I haven't been pushing it too hard. I'd say probably an average of thirty ish, thirty minutes a time. Maybe I, I think I had maybe one session that was about forty five minutes. And I've been going back to doing sort of a good mix of 3D practice as well as speed. And, you know, on the speed side of things, I've had a lot of listeners ask me about this. From from what I've been able to tell over this season with all the practice, the speed speed practice on the sim, I think it only takes you so far. And it is setting up your line and getting the reverse half Cuban eights nailed. And once you get there, there's only so much more that you can get out of the lack of realism. And then it's just Mm kind of going through the motions. So I guess I would say I'm using the speed portion of the session more to keep fresh with the, you know, with the, the, the sight picture and the muscle memory and all of that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, back to 3d working on some pyro flips again. Uh, can't wait to get back out to the actual helicopter to give it a try. Completely forgot about them the last couple of times I've flown my 3D heli because it's been so freaking long and few and far between that when I get out there, I'm just kind of like, can I still 3D? Kind of, maybe, sort of. So, uh, what else? Garage was getting a little messy. So I did a bit of a cleanup on that. No. Yep. No, but okay. But honestly, Nick, nowhere near what it has been in previous years. However, fair. you will be maybe surprised, maybe not surprised to find out that in doing my cleanup, I did happen upon a bottle of CA that did not have a cap. <laughs> <laughs> And in attempting to dispose of said bottle, I may have poured a little on my hand. Oh, no, you liar. And my shirt. Oh, jeez. And a brand new piece of black G10 that I had used to uh, cut the sort of like the deck lid of my charger case out of. So the the CA adventures continue <laughs> did the ca eat a hole in your shirt no it doesn't like this i've done this a number of times as you could imagine and in <laughs> fact like gives me a hard time because you know i have so and i know you guys know what i'm talking about i've got so many freaking heli shirts it's ridiculous right like that's 90 percent of my wardrobe and then i've got, work you got those clothes. hard Hard little discs on them that don't wash out. And so, well, so she'll wear one of my heli shirts at night, like as part of her pajamas, right? Just because it's a crappy old shirt. It's probably a brand I don't fly anymore. So now it's just like something to wear. And I know every time she puts on a damn shirt that I've spilled CA on because I get a really another (laughs) one. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, there are these little crusty, like, uh, yeah. I don't know, silver dollar sized discs yeah. of hardened fabric from CA. Yeah. it's how you fix your canopy w- with the shirt, <laughs> with the shirts, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
anyway, the uh, that's one less bottle of CA I have to deal with. Um, I am trying to finish up my tech tip that I keep promising people, which is the discharger. I actually had a buddy, Josh Moen, bug me a couple of weeks ago for a parts list and a schematic. He was tired of waiting for the tech tip. He just wanted to build one. So that kind of jump-started me back into thinking about uh, getting that written up. So I'm working that slowly in parallel with doing some final edits on my unboxing video for the R5. I have an idea. Can I interrupt? Yes, you may. Uh, while you're building that tech tip, tick tip? Inst- tech tip, instead of taking yours apart or anything, can you do a step-by-step build and build me one? because i needed it today really i did what happened uh in some finalization on the gt500 review i needed a discharged battery okay and apparently someone came back from the fun fly with all charged batteries dude and i broke your cardinal rule i know and i i like I genuinely did not have a way to just discharge a 6S 5000 fast enough. Stick it to your tongue. That would be fast. <laughs> like we used to do with the 9-volt batteries? That would be fast. <laughs> that would be fast. I haven't used mine in a while, Nick. So seriously, if you do need one, I'd be happy to send you the one I built and then build myself another one. Ooh, even better. Okay. Anyway, look for that that tech tip sometime between now and like next March, because I am working on it. <laughs> Unfortunately, right now, as you guys probably figure, the higher priority is getting through the R5 review. And so I have put pencil to paper on that. I'm writing up the review right now. There are a couple more things that I want to finish up in terms of uh, flying itself, a couple of you know, checkouts and additional testing and such so that I can provide a little bit more feedback to the listeners on sort of beginner to advanced setups with pitch and head speed and all of that. And actually, I am uh, working with my uh, motor sponsor, Xnova, right now to get a custom motor done specifically to support the OHB Speed Cup competition, but also to kind of push the R5 to its limits. So it's a much higher KV than what you're used to in a typical 700, 12S, or 14S uh, motor. And that, combined with the gearing on the R5, should let me get up to somewhere between 33 and 3600 RPM on the head. So I'm not sure when exactly that's going to be available, but it is coming. And uh, I can't wait to give that one a try. And hopefully it does really well at the Speed Cup at OHB. Well, I'm sure it'll it'll do well as long as my fingers do well. I've finally gotten around to bringing my charging setup into the world of current technology, and wow, what can I say? From the powerful and feature-rich Dual PowerLab 8 charger, to Progressive's unique and infinitely adaptable modular parallel balance board systems, I now feel like I can charge my entire fleet of packs from just two ports and a few charge leads. So why mess around with that old and busted charger or its accessories? Follow my lead. 
head over to ProgressiveRC.com and have a look at the multitude of chargers, power supplies, accessories, turnkey charging systems, and even batteries. If you're not sure what to buy or have a question about how to design your custom system, then go ahead and give the PRC team a call at 443-BATTERY and they'll get you squared away in no time. Thank you, Justin. Call the PRC team at 443-228-8379. ProgressiveRC.com. Bringing charging power to a heli near you. I finished rebuilding one of my nitro motors. Remember I told you guys I found two two boxes of parts with two nitro yes. motors? 91, mm-hmm. YS91s. I finished putting one of those back together because I'm, I'm so tempted to actually go fly. <laughs> remember when you did that? How long has it been, Dan? Well, actually, I, I flew all day yesterday and today, or no, yesterday and no, most of today. No, 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 no. no. Helicopters, pod and boom. What is, what is this helicopter you speak of? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. Part of the reason I'm, I really want to get back in the air with that nitro is because everybody like this, uh, we hired a new machinist and, and, um, everybody sees it in there and they're like, dude, you gotta go, you gotta show us what you gotta show it, show us what that thing's like. You gotta go fly it. I don't know if it's ready. Gotta take a closer look at it. Don't have the time to do it. Excuses. <laughs> right? I mean, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. They're excuses. Yeah, I guess. But when you got work to do, you got work to do, right? Dude, 60 plus hours a week in the middle of a damn field and you can't find five minutes to, to, to burn some nitro. I got to I got to tell you, no, I don't have I don't I, have, I don't do. No, I don't. I just don't right now. I got to start. Dude, this weather. I don't know what's going on, but it's way too nice. Which sucks too, because yet another reason. But this this is unseasonably nice over here. It's just been beautiful. It's going to continue that way, dude. They said they they being the collective meteorologists of the world that the El Nino for this year is about on par with the last largest one we've had, which was in 1999. Which means the Pacific Northwest is supposed to get unseasonably warm and low precipitation winter. Yes. I dig it. I dig yes. that. And the East so, is yeah, going to get So yeah, I got I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to focus on getting that uh nitro back in the air, but one thing I do want to talk about is cuz I've been putting a lot more thought into this whole gasser thing, right? Trying to figure out what I'm what I want to do there. I haven't pulled the trigger, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to within a week on the conversion kit for the E700. Nice. That's just the frame kit because those motors are fairly expensive. I'm I'm going to get in touch with uh, Carrie Shirley here shortly, kind of get that all worked out as far as, you know, the, the particulars of what I need. Because uh, I really feel like something like that would kind of, I don't know, it's, it, it, I, I just feel, you know, you know, you know, when you just, ah, just something new, something new to kind of get you excited, right? I'm with you, dude. Yep. Something different. Don't have to tell me that. <laughs> so that you know we're going to talk a little bit towards the end of the show about some stuff that we're, we're planning i'm going to talk a little bit more about that then but as far as that as far as flying geez it's just it's i don't know i gotta like you said i gotta start making some time for it but have you been simming i have been simming actually i actually have been simming 
quite a bit. We've got, I dudes, I got rid of my cable TV. Wow. Whoa, dude. Not, not for any other reason that I was, I was looking at the bill and it was like 130 bucks. And I was sitting there thinking, I get home at about 9.30 or 10 every night. And so I do a late dinner, jump in the shower, and I'm thinking, I'm paying like 90 bucks or whatever. I guess my cable's like, or the internet's like 59 or 60 bucks, whatever. You know, another 60 or 70 bucks to watch TV for like an hour and a half a, a day. America. And I thought, that's just bullshit. So I hooked my computer up to my big TV and, uh, you know, started doing the Netflix thing. It just makes it, now I'm simming on the big TV. So I'm digging it. Are you Netflix and chilling? Netflix and chilling? <laughs> is that a, is I'm not, yeah, is that I'm not, like a, I'm not yeah, following yeah, that it, it, Is that like a soup or something? What no, is that? It's a thing. You'll get it. You'll figure it out. You'll Google it when we get done here. You're going to be like, oh, that guy got me. No, I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> exactly it makes me think I don't want to look voice. that up. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, now instead of when I come home, I just uh, do my thing and sim for a little bit and go to, go to sleep and wake up and rinse and repeat. Um, I've been sim. I mean, don't, I don't, I've never been a big, like, uh, sit down and sim for an hour kind of person. Never. But it's nice to just kind of throw the little virtual helicopter around for a few minutes. So nothing serious. I need to start actually practicing some, uh, some actual, you know, PPP stuff, right? Cause I'm so going to get a scro- scrotum trophy this year. Yes. yes. I'm going to wipe that right over my, it's just like dribble <laughs> right off my chin, you know, right there. So yeah, that's about all I've been doing guys. Just trying to get through, uh, <laughs> work and, and looking forward to going back to work uh, in the morning. So here we go. See, that's why you can't get any flying in, dude. You're going to work on a Saturday in unseasonably ah, get nice done, weather. Man. Well, here's the deal. If I don't go to work, then I lose a job and then I don't have a paycheck. And then I have you to start have selling hell. Right? I could see how that's motivating <laughs> you. Then you have lots of time <laughs> so, to fly. So, so here, do me a favor. Get okay. one nitro flight in tomorrow. You know Just what? I, one. It's absolutely possible. Everything's up there. My trailer's up I mean, there. Even which it hover. shouldn't be. I can do that. And take a video of it. Baby okay? steps. Baby steps. You, no, I want to see a Dan version of the No Fly My Dick video. Really? Yeah, dude. Come on. You, I know you can do it. <laughs> I will do it. I will. Okay. Good. All right. And I'll post it on our Facebook page. Okay. All right. You guys don't think I will, do you? Uh, I think you will. And now I'm getting nervous about the level of explicitness that you're going to post on our <laughs> Facebook yeah. page. To be quite frank, please, <laughs> please run it through the uh, screening before. Oh no, no such thing. That's about, that's, uh, you know what? I'm going to do that tomorrow and I'm going to, I'm going to do it just like Justin did it. I'm going to point at the running helicopter and I'm going to kind of phrase it just like he did. I'm going to like, like mock that video. Do it, dude. Except I'm going to do it with an air hog <laughs> or a multi-rotor. I'll do it with a multi-rotor. No, oh, that doesn't count. It's 
got to have two big blades. Huh. Or six, if you're pretty cool. If you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you're cool. <laughs> Shit. You guys count the multi-rotor flights. I got more th- flights than you guys combined the last year and a half. No, your <laughs> multi-rotors have more flights than us combined. I can tell you this. In the last three days, I've got more crashes than you guys combined all year. Oh, okay. Well, now, hold on. Multi-rotors is one thing. Crashing multi-rotors is an entirely different thing and may be entertaining. So please fill us in. Oh, you want to hear about the multi-rotor crashes? I do. All right. Let me give me some time to think about, or just a brief second. Yep. Yep. To consider how I can tell you this without talking about specifics that I shouldn't be talking about. Let's see. So imagine, if you will, you know, a multi-rotor with 18-inch props. So it's a fairly big, it weighs about 16 pounds now. You know, all up weight with camera and all that good shit. 16 to 17 pounds. So imagine um, you're hovering, you bring it up to the ground, you bring it to about a foot, and then it just flips right over. And then you're like, what the hell just happened? And you're like, well, maybe the maybe there's just a problem with the calibration. So you do it again, and then it does it again, and then a third time. And then a fourth time. So four crashes in a matter of oh, an hour. Now, hold on. Did it, did it break anything during any of these? <clears throat> Just props. Okay. So you basically, it, it, it flips uh, and over. And mast. It broke the GPS mast. Okay. Always does that. Damn mast. So it was getting so bad, this, this issue that we were trying to track down, that we actually concocted, and this is actually kind of funny. I don't know. I don't remember what this pipe is called, but it's some kind of PVC, PVC pipe that's very flexible, and it's like an inch in diameter. Right, so we actually modified this to like hold on to the multi rotor from the bottom. Oh Jesus! And and tried to <laughs> replicate this failure that we were having, and um, that was exciting as well because it simply just broke the thing and then it crashed yet again. We broke the PVC pipe. So basically, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's kind of tough to get to tell you details. It's kind of you know because I can't really do that, but. It's not like they were sexy crashes. I didn't have anything like fall from 100 feet. I've had that happen before, but not in the last couple of days. Were you the only one there witnessing it? No, we had uh, all the software engineers were there. And uh, was it their one fault? Of the... Actually, no, it wasn't. And we d- actually, we, we did find the problem. So it was, it was uh, productive that way because we did find the issue. So, but yeah, lots of crashes. Not a lot of carnage. Uh, did break a couple of booms one on one of the crashes, but I just can't really go into like detail on why it was crashing. Yeah, I know, you know what I mean. I gotcha. That's okay. I mean, we, we kind uh, of followed along with the carnage there. You would, you would have been Justin. You would have been proud. I actually I called Nick and I said, "Dude, I need a quick and dirty way to test stamp draw on NESC." Right. So he like just shouted out something, and we went ahead and did that. We built like four or five elaborate like test stands to test various configurations. And uh, we nailed the problem down to something that had nothing to do with any of the flight electronics or any of the ESCs or anything, but a, a mechanical issue in a design that we make. Okay. That reared itself after about 120 flights. Nice. Flights. Look at you getting all like Dude, technical that's and how testing we do and shit. testing. 
Yeah, yeah. That's like our, that's like job. That's like what we do, yo. Yeah, we built like, uh, we, you know, we built several different test stands with amp meters and, and all kinds of stuff. And we were spinning up 18 inch props in a shop. Uh, you know, 8,500 RPMs. Yes, but the floors are clean. <laughs> the floors are clean, and it was funny because the computer guys were there, and there's a there, uh, you know, forty or so feet away or thirty feet away from the, this test stand. There was an open cabinet just with like really thin metal doors. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh my God, look! It's moving! <laughs> it's moving the cabinet doors." Uh, you know, we were all hiding behind doors. Or one of my, well, my boss, Oris is his name, hiding behind one of his uh, rebuilt, his, uh, well, he's got like a, I think it's a 68 Ford F-150 all decked out. We were all hiding behind that when we were spinning on these big props. That's a big so, prop, man. It's a really big prop for inside a shop. Yeah. And it's loud. Like, and it pushes what, a lot 7, of 7,000 RPM? Uh, 8,200 at peak. Oh, crap. <laughs> Floors are clean. Floors are clean. We were all worried that the, all that air was going to blow metal chips into the test station that we built that was duct taped down to a piece of wood. Mm. <laughs> test station. But, duct tape. Mm. Wood. Duct tape. <laughs> wood. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. And shit, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. You have wood. You have duct tape. You have shit strapped down to a bench that you're testing. My God, that sounds like a planker. Isn't that what they do? Yeah, don't they cover uh, the wings with duct tape? They, no, they always got shit strapped down to a bench, running it like in the garage. That's how they break in motors, don't they? Something like that. We are so. Well, don't you get have to mail, like dude. secure down all the wires that you've got running around? Uh, you know, when you've got a 18 inch prop spinning it. 8,200 RPM? Don't you, you have, have to, to secure? You have to secure your lunchbox down to the ground. I mean, <laughs> that shit moves so, some air. So that's really what I've been doing. That kind of stuff. The good news is, when these incidences started happening, I was like, "Oh shit, there's a problem in the power system or something that's going to be really hard to find." But once we knew what the problem was, it everybody just had a sigh of relief. So now we just got to readdress it and fix it. So that's what I've been up to. I know we're not. Talking about heli stuff, but that's really what. I, ah, it's I all it's, it's all part yeah. of testing. Yeah, it, it's pretty techy. There's a lot of uh, been learning a lot. We're hoping to get a, an E in there to help out a little bit with some of that stuff. But, cool. That uh, wraps up the last few days for me. I I will I will get a YouTube video of that 700. Uh, does it have to actually be in the air, or can I just like? No, nah, you can. Uh, I mean. I mean, can I do what Nick did at Urcha and just like fly it when we were running down the street? What did I cape on? Oh, Jesus. No, no, that. (laughs) Well, if you wear a cape, yes. I forgot all about that. (laughs) We don't talk about that. (laughs) It's unfortunate that we've never seen any of that footage. Believe me, it's in our best interest. (laughs) I think that's funny shit. I agree. Well, one of these days we'll convince Nick to to let everybody see that stuff. Yeah, maybe one day we'll we'll post one picture. Maybe what we could do is create a video and then sell that video. People would pay to see what was going on there. 
that there was some serious shenanigans. Yeah. Some craziness. <laughs> got a lot of looks from people driving by. Do we have any news this week? Yeah, we got news. As you know, 2015 has been a big year for BK Designs. They've grown tremendously and are now distributing BK servos, switchblades, and Spartan flybarless systems. Bert and Susie provide top-notch customer support, and we're honored that they've chosen to help support us here at RC Alienation. As if that wasn't enough, they've decided to say thank you to all of our listeners for the support you guys have given them. If you head over to www.bkdesignsllc.com forward slash RCHN, you'll find a special page just for our listeners where you will receive 20% off of your next order. Thank you again to BK Designs for being so generous to the listeners of RC Alienation. And again, that's www. Dot bkdesignsllc.com forward slash rchn you'll get 20% off your next order what do we got and uh hey what is it so we have do we have like a new news sponsor i heard last week yeah we could or- do that we could do that for now good it's point. actually yeah true it um we're all going to have to practice pronouncing it because you guys got it kind of messed up last week, and I'm pretty no, sure I'm, I'm not going to be able sure to get it. it Superiority, right, right? He got it right, but yeah, I'm the one who has this hardware problem in my brain that always tries to th- think superiority, and I end up saying superiority or something. It, it's a problem that I have. That's <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's a, a tongue twister. So let me give it a special. shot here. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, see if I mess it up. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to us. See, I've already yeah. fucked it up. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority, right? Is nope. that right? No. Nope. No. Nope. Superiority. 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 Oh, he did. Oh, did he Did he run that name through a focus group? <laughs> because he might have. He might have should have done that. Yeah. Anyway, should've. guys, the news is brought to us by Superiority, right? How's that sound? It's still like yeah, Larry. It's kind of like you're flustrated. I don't. It's Dude Man Larry. Yeah. Dude Man Larry. <laughs> Dude Man Larry. <laughs> what Poor do we got guy. for news this week, guys? Okay. We have, uh, this is pretty interesting. Uh, a, a line has finally thrown in the towel. They have gone through <laughs> <laughs> three flybarless systems. We started at the 3G, right? Then we moved up to the 3GX, correct? Yep. 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 Then we went to the G Pro, yo. And finally, <laughs> they have thrown it in the <laughs> towel and are now offering kits with the Beast X. That is awesome. Oh, wow. That is, yeah, probably should have been done a long time ago. Did you guys ever try any of those uh, online systems? I tried a 3GX. I tried I Dude. I bought a 3G a day and a half after it was released. And? And I never got it off the ground. It was just... The very first one. It was unfortunate because they did that really weird... Like the 3G, you still had to program CCPM mixing into your radio. Yeah, and every time you went to lift your heli off, it just flipped. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was a neat... That was 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 a a neat neat feature. uh, Feature, yeah. 
It's, yeah. ca- it's called the you buy more parts feature. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> you can get it that way now. I know they have. We've got a link up here to the T-Rex 450 uh, Dominator. They're the L Dominator Super Combo. Success with Micro Beast. So I think that's uh, I think that's good for a line. No longer do you have to throw away half of the stuff when you get the kit. So a line has finally delivered on its happy ending. Yeah, uh, yes. I would say yes. <laughs> Very fair. Okay, so Blade released. It's kind of a cool little micro. You know, not anything like super crazy or uh, game-changing for the hobby, but it, I just think it's really cool looking, so we put it in here. They've got the Micro AH-64 Apache. This is kind of a cool... I would totally rock this around the house. No question, I would fly the snot out of this thing. It looks really cool. Are you? Does anyone have any sort of like... I was waiting to see if you were able to be any more enthusiastic. Yeah, I was too. Well, like, okay, I was going to let you deal. roll with it, dude. If I, it's got a four-blade head on it, so it's not like a coax, right? And if I feel like if I'm going to putt around with something, why not putt around with something that looks cool? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I, maybe it's that that little piece of me that has a that has a soft spot for scale. I. <sighs> Okay. Um, I no. Yes, I get it, and I am beginning to have a better appreciation for scale as well. But this is kind of they small, even dude. Ma- they even made it rotate counterclockwise. <laughs> Seriously? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, hold on. Look at the pictures. Look at the blades. They got, like, burfs. No, not burfs. <laughs> Burf, dude. Burf. Burf. What the hell? <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a special what? new blade design. That's the burfs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. That is pretty cool. It's I mean, got okay. guns and I get it's got it. guns I get and it. shit. It, it, first of all, Here's the thing, though. it looks like it actually looks really good for a micro. See? Okay. But it's a micro. I mean, no, so I get the it. thing, the thing that I like and then it would sit on a scale, bench. Nick, to be honest with you, as, I, as I've looked at it more, the thing I like about scale is the fact that at a certain distance, and if they're flying it correctly, you can actually kind of like zone out and you think you're looking at a full-scale helicopter. Yes. This one, yes. I mean, you could do that. The distance is probably like four and a half inches. <laughs> well, but, if you fly it 10 feet away, and it looks like you're, I don't know, looking down across Vietnam or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. I bet it still flies like a micro. So it would, it would you would, that whole scale thing that Justin you just mentioned that you kind of appreciate would probably go right out well, the window as soon as but hold on you know, is it it's not meant to be a 3D model right no but it's got the safe technology built into it does it have lights on it like I see lights. lights I see lights I can't tell you 100% if they're functional or not but I 
I see lights. You should I mean, you it, should buy one. Nick. I think it it also comes down to the. So here's the other deal, right? There aren't many full scale helicopters that I actually like the look of. Does that make sense? Yes, that's Dan, fair. you've given me a hard time about this before when I said I don't like like the aesthetics of a full scale helicopter. You're like, dude, but you fly no, RC helicopters. Are, are you talking about static, like when it's just sitting there, or, or like it when it's dynamic and it's actually doing well, something in the sound? It's not just a picture, it's the whole if thing. If you it's throw the... a piece of shit across the room, it's still a piece no. of shit, no. whether it's flying that, or not. I see, I think there's, I, I'm with you. Like, there are some. Uh, what's the whole, like the, is it the Jet Rangers, right? Or like a Robinson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they, they're, well, it they looks are. like it's one of those things that you should be riding in a carnival. Yeah, they're just, they're not aesthetically right. pleasing to me. But the Apaches, like that's a badass No, see, head. I don't even like the Apache, the Comanche. Now I'm going to have to look go it up. Back. You will be forever soiled. Trust me. I love it long time. I think you guys are putting way too much thought into this. No, no, man. I don't think it's a micro first and foremost. So no thanks. Yeah, but then we then we then we transfer it over to to scale or like the UH one the 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 Coast Guard the Huey. The Huey. That's that's ugly. Yeah. That's what about ugly. okay? What about the Hughes MD five hundred? Five uh, blade. I actually think it looks pretty cool in the right trim. I think it looks really cool when it's one of the Mikado kits and it's being 3D. Okay, fair. That's like, oh, we were talking about, we got on that, uh, how we brought up the video, you know, of Kyle Stacy in uh, that flight in 2012. And then someone created uh, the thread on the Heli Freak forum about it. Someone found that flight and they posted that and they were posting up other flights. And one of them was a f- flight that Kyle did with one of those fun scale fuselages from Mikado. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. Love it. Love it. Love it. It was really cool. Next on the list, uh, SAB put out a cool video going over the Goblin 380 and the 570 Kyle Stacy edition. So nice job on that video, Kyle. And SAB, I'm not going to get too SAB about it because, uh, you know, the 570's the been out for a little bit. The 380, they did decide to do just like a full KSE edition. Uh, to me, it's pretty cool. I mean, I would say that my hat's off to Kyle Stacy for having an entire line all the way up through the sizes of his edition. So congratulations, bud. News of the week. Are you ready? Yes. Spectrum has now joined the rest of the hobby. (laughs) 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 And they are making single line receivers. Now, what is a single line receiver? You say that is S bus style one wire between the receiver Notice I did not say satellite between the receiver and your fly barless system. Yay! So we've got like the AR7700 serial receiver with PPM SRXL remote receiver output. 60 bucks. Not bad. <sighs> That's awesome. Yeah. That, you know, 
Uh, <laughs> two years ago would have done you real well, good. They, I think they needed to do it or else. Yeah. Well, and it, it you know what's messed up? What's messed up is the driving force behind this. That's what's messed up. It's multi-rotor. Yeah. What? I would agree with that. Why? Yeah, absolutely. Because, because okay, think all of them this. have that. So all ability. of the helicopter flybarless systems have been accommodating spectrum with receive with satellite ports on them, right? We've been doing it. Uh, I think that VBAR was like one of the first ones when they did the updated black controller to the black sensor. They put satellite ports on the side of it. Well, in comes multi-rotors. Multi-rotors say, well, we don't, all these little teeny bare multi con, uh, multi-rotor controller boards, they don't give a shit. I mean, they're not going to plug Spectrum satellite receivers on the side of that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that is true. They're just saying, uh, I don't know, figure it out. Screw you guys. So, yeah, now they've got this AR-7700 out, and what do you know, right in one of the pictures, it's mounted on top of what looks to be like a little 250 racer. Yeah, I still think people will use the full-size receivers with flybarless systems. That way they don't feel like they have to deal with, um, I don't know, some regulation issues that have been around with satellites in the past. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It At least good. Just get rid of all the satellite deal and just, yeah, do it normal. So, yes, that's it. That's all I have for news. Any news from you, Dan? Mm, the rash is clearing up. Oh. <laughs> hey, you asked, man. You asked. Yeah, I guess. How about yeah. you, Justin? Do you got any news? No, I do not. Well, I guess this week's news has been brought to you by, I'm going to say it wrong again. I'm never going to get it right. Superiosity. Is that right? Yes. yes. You did it. Wow. This week's news is brought to you by Superiosity.com. I said. You still, it still wants to roll off. Wrong. So what's, what's like the little, uh, the slogan afterwards? Because I tried it last week and I douched it all up. I don't know. What is the slogan? What's the slogan, Nick? Dude, man, Larry rocks. That's that- basically what I said. I was like, yeah, dude, man, Larry, <laughs> dude, man, Larry, <laughs> the ultimate website guy, which, Hey, yeah, let's. Let's make that announcement. I think we can officially announce that now, right? Uh, if you want yeah, to, yeah. I, I guess. Well, I think I just kind of did. Yeah, uh, so. We are, yay, thank you to Dude Man Larry. Uh, over the course of this winter, Larry will be, uh, it's a for sure thing, going to be building us a new website. Or actually kind of overhauling ours, but to the point of, like, way overhauling it. Um, So I want to give, we're going to give our, for now, and there's going to be, like, five people that are going to go, oh, you bastards. But we are going to have to lose the chat box for now. Once we get uh, the site all back up, clean, the whole point of all of this is efficiency, people. Clean it up. It's going to be mobile. Yay. So you'll be able to look at everything 
on your iPad, tech tips, all of that stuff. We're going to be able to search stuff way better. So how that whole disaster of uh, episode 200 where we were trying to find stuff, everything's going to be all like tagged and you guys are going to be able to find episodes. It's going to be freaking awesome. Um, So once we get that portion of it all done, then we're going to go back and add some of the cooler stuff. We are excited. Thank you for Larry. You guys have no idea how much this guy does on the back end to keep our currently pathetic site hobbling right along. And he really is, you know, no matter, you know, we talk about all the people that are kind of like behind the scenes of RC Heli Nation. They really are just important as the four guys that you hear um, on the show every week because there's just there's no way that we could do it without him. So thank you, Larry, for doing that, and we are excited to get it started. Rock on. Sweet. I'm going to miss the chat box, though. Yeah, so, I know. Maybe someday. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, we just have to give him time to figure out a new one that's a little more efficient. And Yeah. All righty. Well, let's move right along then. I think we have, uh, you want to go into your review next, Nick? Yeah, we can do that. Right. Cool. So what we've got is the GT500 charger from Rev Electrics. Uh, thank you to Jamie over at Rev Electrics USA for sending that over to us to take uh, to take a look at, do a review on. Straight out of the box, this thing is, you know, pretty simple in in Rev Electric's form. They do not go for the fancy factor at all. Um, it's very minimalist uh, right out of the box. But I think that you guys are going to find that is what makes this charger what it is. So we'll get to that in just a second, but let's go for some specs first. So this is a 500-watt 8S charger. 20 amp output max. Now to get that 500 watts on the output side, we need 24 volts on the in input side. Um, if you have 12 volts on the input, you're only going to get 250 watts on the output. We have a 25 amp input current limit. It is a 10 to 32 volt input voltage. We'll handle pretty much any battery battery chemistry that's out there. So no worry. I mean, anything that we would ever deal with, uh, this will handle it. It's got an EC5 on the input cable, like all the Rev Electrics chargers. And what is, I think is really cool about this one is that on, uh, if you've had a Rev Electrics charger in the past, they've had kind of a, a weird connector. I don't remember the name of it, uh, for the balance portion of it. This one's kind of like this hybrid pseudo balance connector, that will allow you, it's JST, but it's almost like an open JST without the top on it. So it can uh, it can accommodate a lot of different styles right on the output. So you can either plug a parallel board into it, or you can go straight battery right into the charger. And it actually shows you on the charger which one is the negative. So like I've plugged 2S, 3S, 4S, 5, and 6 right into the charger or a balance board all in the same one connector. It's kind of like plugging it into a cell checker. That's what I think of it like. 
So it gives you a little more versatility there. Uh, something that's pretty cool about this, it has a smart power management, um, allows you to switch in between input power sources. So you can have it set up to where you have like a current limit on the input side and a low voltage alarm. Uh, so if you're running like a battery, you can say, okay, hey, when you see the voltage drop down to, you know, 10 volts or whatever, then uh, stop charging because I don't want to take that out. Um, or if you're running to power supplies, you can have it set an alarm at 22 volts uh, so that if you drop a power supply, it won't just keep charging through one power supply, which is I've actually ran into quite a bit. And my dual power lab has saved me with that feature as well. Another thing that's kind of cool is that you can set this because this is a smaller charger and is generally kind of created for a little more on the go charging. You can have the charger in the settings. You can have it put a pop up come up so that when you plug it in, it will ask you what style of power you're putting into it. So I, when I plug it in, I can say, no, I'm plugged into a power supply this time. So use power supply or no, I'm, I'm running it on battery power this time. So you can save those profiles in there for each input source, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, comes with 28 empty user presets that you can program in. Uh, all your all of your typical settings like, you know, speaker on and off. Um, you know, what kind of alarm it does uh, when you're done charging. You can actually change the way that the menu scrolls to where if you turn to the right, it goes down, or if you turn to the right, it goes up. How long the logo displays its startup. Um, you know, little stuff like that. All right, so what they did, what they did with this charger is something that Revelectrix has, in my opinion, had a weakness for in the past and something that really most other chargers have always had a weakness with. The purpose of this charger was ease of use. It is not a powerhouse. As we talked about, you know, only 500 watts if you got 24 volts coming into it. But you can tell that they put a lot of effort into the user interface on the charger. What you have on the front is you have a scroll wheel that you can turn left and right. And when you push it down in the middle, that's kind of like your enter button. And then there is a single back button. From the first time you pl I plugged this in, so I actually went out uh, today and timed it. I can plug the charger in, and regardless of battery type, charge amperage, if I'm charging, discharging, cycling, whatever, I can go from turning it on to actually charging in 15 seconds every time. And I did that with 2S packs, 3S packs, 4S, set it up to discharge, set it up to charge. And the reason that you can do that is because of the way that they did they set up the UI. So when you plug it in, you turn it on, the first thing that pops up on the screen is what kind of battery is it? Because, I mean, okay, that's going to be something that's going to ask right off the bat. Now, from that screen, before we get too far ahead, that you can also go down into your presets. Like, you can activate a preset right off the bat when you plug it in, or you can go into your settings for the charger. 
if you want to go in there and, and change some of those. But so first things up is the battery chemistry. So first one on the list, which makes the most sense, LiPo. Okay, so I hit enter. Now, the next one that comes up is what do you want to do? Which, um, hello, kind of makes sense. Do I want to charge that? Do I want to discharge it, store it, cycle it, or monitor? Of course, right at the top is charge because that's going to be the most common thing. So I've turned the charger on. I've hit enter once. I've hit enter twice. Now, the next screen is, okay, what are we going to do when we're charging? On that next screen, you have um, a couple options. You have your charge amperage and you have your end cell voltage. So when I say end cell voltage, that is by default for a LiPo, it's set to 4.2 volts per cell. I can change that right there. And this is very easily done with the scroll wheel. It You just scroll right up to it, hit enter to activate it, adjust your number up and down, um, which as those of you who've like used radios with scroll wheels are really fast. Very, very, not like pushing buttons dit, 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 one at a time and then you try and hold it and wait and then it speeds up real fast and goes past the number that you need. Scroll wheels are by far the fastest and most accurate way to pick a number in my opinion. Now at the bottom of the screen, you can start it or you can save or save as. Uh, those are for the presets. If I want to, if I'm in a preset right now, and I want to resave over it to change it, I would click save. If the, I want to create a new preset, I click save as. Name it. That's it. It's in there. But if I don't and I just want to hit start, I hit start. It does it all of its uh, calculations. It's checking. It's checking the battery. It's checking the cell count, making sure that everything jives with what we want to do. And then you hit enter and go. It is so stinking fast. This is the first charger that I've used to where truthfully I'm almost going to say I I mean it's faster to set up a preset but I haven't bothered because it really is just that easy to change um, regardless of, of what you want to charge I love Love, love, love the setup. And you can tell that that's the effort that Revelectrics put into this charger was designing the cleanest, most efficient um, user interface. So now once we get charging, this is what I call the scrolling screen of awesome. First, once it gets charging, the first screen, and I say screen because it's the first display that you see, has um, like your charge... Uh, let's see here. You've got your charge information screen where it has, you know, how many amps are you charging at? How many watts are you charging at? And it has your battery fuel percentage, which I think is pretty cool because that way you can look down. You know, most people look down and say, okay, let's see. I set it for 10 amps and it's charging at six amps. So I wonder how much longer. I mean, at the end of the day, I wonder how much longer it's going to take. Well, it's kind of cool when you plug it in if it shows you percentage. So as you're charging along, oh, 75%. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. I know that if I put it on and I, I started charging at 20%, it's just a little bit easier for us to relate how much time is left to get it charged. 
Now, what's cool about this is that we don't have to click for different screens. This is all one big rolling display of information controlled by the scrolling wheel. So as we continue to scroll down, now we get into an IR screen where it shows you the internal resistance of the cells. Keep going and we have an individual cell voltage screen. Okay, now we keep going past that and we have actually a balance screen. So a balance screen is it's got bar graphs where it will actually show you uh, not numbers, but kind of by bar graph, which cells it is pushing more to get back into balance. So which one it's putting more output into to get back into balance. So that once you get down to the end of your charge cycle, if you're going, wow, this thing's taking a little bit to balance, you can actually look and see which cells it's working on the most so that you can monitor those later on. We're not pressing any buttons to look at all this. It's literally just a nonstop, continuous uh, screen that you rotate by uh, by turning that dial knob on the top. And when you keep going, it just rolls right back to the top. Hands down, the easiest display that I've seen, I think, for monitoring while charging, like monitoring on the charger. Um. Yes, there's other chargers that you can get half of that on there, but then you have to go into different screens to check certain things, whereas this is just like, it's just all right there. I don't have to click on anything. I don't have to wait for something to pop up and then display like like on the, uh, the dual power lab. If you want to look at uh, cell IR, for instance, you... You hit, you know, your up arrow, up arrow till you get to that screen. And then it only shows four, four cells. And you have to wait. And then you wait. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. And then the other screen shows up. And it drives up. me nuts. Yeah, that's right. I ain't got no time for that. I look, I can look at every information that I need to look at on this charge cycle and this battery within seconds all of it just by scrolling that sucker down scrolling it down i love it i absolutely love it if you want to stop it if you want to change the amperage while you're charging easy hit enter change it hit enter i love it oh you don't it. actually have to stop the charge no sir you do not oh wow okay all right yeah really cool um so, speaking of charging, Justin, you had brought up back a little a uh, while ago when we were talking about this. Okay, how fast can this thing actually charge? Mm -hmm. Well, that <laughs> I could not get a battery discharge, but what I did get was, now I have a power supply. I have one of the HPS 1200s hooked up to this, and I have it, I, I took the pot on the inside because I figured, okay, I was going to do the fixed resistor mod on it. And then I thought, nah, I want to do what the average person would do. Which, okay, the average person can easily go in there and turn it up to, and I got it to 13 volts. Like 12.9, it would sit there and teeter between 12.9 or 13 volts. So under full load, I am able to charge at 11 amps on a 6S pack. So that kind of gives you an idea. If we're going to look on at a five thousand, that's correct. Okay, so two uh, C, 
Yeah, so about to see. That is, you know, I, I guess if I get into pros and cons of the Charger, if I start with the cons, that's really my only complaint on this whole Charger, is that it's just not crazy powerful. Yeah, but still, uh, dude, like, okay. I, did you actually okay. do? Did you actually time it? No, I didn't time it on that. I mean, I know, you know. Because my guess years, is you're like, what, 15, 20 minutes? Because you don't discharge the entire pack. No, you're going to be... my. I always go by rough calculations of 2C is going to be about 25 to 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, around in yeah. there. Again, all depending on what you set up your end cell voltage for and that sort of a deal. I should mention that you can plug this... It's updatable via USB. They do have a software for it, and you can actually do the charge monitoring through the software. But I, you know, I decided not to go into that. I I went into it pretty deep with the dual power lab review that we did. To me, that's just not what this charger is about. That's not what it's for. They were very upfront, and this is the on the go charger. And it, uh, you know, I say on the go because. Do I charge? I mean, do I charge my my stick packs, my five thousand milliamp twelve S stick packs? Absolutely, I do. But I do it. I use this charger at work when I'm not in a hurry. You know, so I'll fly at lunch. I'll get done flying. I'll throw my packs on there. Let them charge. Yeah, they're it's not in a big hurry, but that's okay because I know that at least I'm charging them with that. You know that reputable uh, that reputable Rev Electric's accuracy, so I'm good there because I'm not in a hurry. Get to fly after work, then life is good. Now, if I'm going to be out at the field, like um, flying, let's see, flying in FPV, right? A 250 yeah. quad yeah. racer, or my T Rex 450, or my T Rex 500, you are going to absolutely love this. Where I find, and it's funny because even though I have my dual power lab in the trailer, we used the crap out of this thing in conjunction with my dual power lab at the fun flies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty much charging constantly. Yeah, that's right. And why? Because I could charge anything easily. And that's the appealing part of it. If If you have a lot of different packs... That And maybe you're not a techie type. Maybe, you know, if you're the guy that's had your charger for like three years and never put a preset in it, you would be in heaven with this charger. Or if you fly all sorts of different size batteries. I mean, Justin and I were joking about, he said he has like, what do you say you have like four or six or something presets in your dual power lab? Yeah, I've got four. Yeah, and I have 18 because I, that's just how I yeah, set mine up. Right. I don't it, – it, it's funny. I'm so lazy now at this point that I don't even – so I'll take like Auden's uh, 2S packs for his car or my receiver packs. I won't even go over and plug those into the dual power lab and scroll down – uh, you know, through my presets to the 2S 1300 5C1, hit enter, wait for it to check, hit go. 
I don't even bother with that because it's faster to walk over, plug these in, hit enter, enter, turn the dial, enter, go. 15 seconds. It's awesome. So I think that's where they really nailed it out of the park. It is the simplest charger that I have ever used. And if you are not in a hurry, but you want a really quality charger, then I would highly recommend this. If you're looking for high power, I don't think that this is the charger for you. But for the guys that have a pretty powerhouse, you know, maybe you've got like a really powerhouse charging case, like where you're rocking, you know, maybe you're rocking a 4010 in there, a couple 308s or dual power lab. You got one of those really bitching, you know, like progressive cases or RC squared cases or something like that. Those are awesome. And they're great for charging out at the field, but sometimes they're also big and maybe you don't want to bring that with you or you need something else at home because you've got all your stick packs and all that kind of junk, all your big packs charging on, on your case, but you want something else to charge receiver backs, packs and starter batteries and all that kind of stuff. That's absolutely where this thing uh, shines the most, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it in a nutcase. Extremely reliable. Love the quality on it. I love everything that they did with the user interface. They are headed in an incredible direction. Um, if you're looking for a charger that's not crazy power, highly recommend. And thank you once again to Jamie over at Rev Electrics USA for sending that over to us. Um, if you guys are considering getting one, either over there, you can get it over there, or uh, Progressive. Progressive RC, either one. Just say you uh, heard about it on the podcast. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's really awesome. I got, to, I got a chance to take a look at it when you had it, uh, Nick. And the interface is amazing. The scrolling wheel is amazing. The screen for me is is like way better than the dual power lab. Oh, I mean, yeah. just blows it out of the water. In well, fact, and I'm waiting it, for them to, to do a similar backlit. thing for Dual Power Lab. We'll see. But, I mean, here's the deal, right? We talked about this several episodes ago. When I got the Goblin 380, I didn't want to have to cart around a big charger. And so I picked up at the time, because this wasn't available, I picked up the iCharger 306B, right? Mm-hmm. It'll charge up uh, a couple of those... What are they? 1400 6S packs, little tiny 6L packs in parallel in like 10 or 15 minutes, even if I run it off of my car battery. So basically you toss all that in the little SAB bag and you're ready to go. But the 306B is actually kind of overpowered for that. I mean, it can do quite a bit more, but it's not necessary. You know, you take this thing, you pair it up with a DPS 1200, which is exactly what I did on the iCharger. And then you give yourself the ex- the extra option of plugging it into a car battery. And man, you've got a really quick and easy way to do things mobily. Well, not to mention, I don't, you know, my biggest complaint about that old older style of interface, like the 306B, was that to do 
I mean, you're going through screen. Okay, this. And then, okay, now I got to hit and hold this button. Now push up, 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 Because I decided to charge two batteries instead of one. Okay, then hit enter. Then hit enter. It's just, it was so clunky. You had to go to a completely different process if you wanted to check the IR. And then you're in the middle of charging. Like, I don't want to stop to check the IR. It was just, you know, it was very clunky. And, uh, I mean, all chargers have come a long way since the beginning, but you don't always need that 308 or 4010 or, or dual yeah, power lab I or agree. whatever. And some people, you know, some people want, they just don't need the big power, but they really do want simplicity. And, you know, have it make sense to me. There's so much other stuff to learn in this hobby. The last thing I want to do, uh, I remember when the 4010 came out. Man, that was, how do I create this? I don't understand. It was this fantastic display, you know, really cool looking display, all color and everything. But then people had a hard time figuring out how to use it. It, My son, there. oh, there is a great example. Perfect example. Oh, yeah, true, dude. My son, now, because of this charger, he's seven, charges all of his own batteries for his car. Yep. And that, I mean, that's a big deal because we had not gone there yet. Nope. We had not gone there yet. He understands how to do it, what to look for. It's, It's really that simple. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. What do you think, Dan? I think it makes I mean, perfect sense. It, it could charge the shit out of some of your receiver packs for nitros. Oh, yeah. Well, even, I mean, seriously, even at work. I mean, it doesn't matter. If you're not on a time, you know, if you're not, like, on a certain time frame where you need to just cram stuff full, then it's uh, it's great. Because anyone, like, Dan, anyone in your shop, any guy could walk over and use it. You would not have to explain how to use it. You could say, hey, this is a LiPo and charge it at 10 amps. They'd be able to figure it out. I might uh, might take a look at something like that. Cool, man. I think that you would like it, especially because you're a pretty simple person when it comes to... Oh, oh, ouch. Ouch. No. Showing. I, ouch. I believe this is yours. That's not... Let's pull the knife out of that my back. Stings. No, not at all. It's absolutely not. Justin true. just called me a simple person. I, yeah, I mean, wow. Three hundred sixes work great. Got two of them. Don't have any problems charging. Yeah, but if I threw you a LIFE pack and said, "Here you go, can you charge this for me?" You would fumble around. No, I wouldn't. On your three hundred six? No, all you got to do is press one button, go back. Really? Change the chemistry. Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember. I ain't got no time for that. Ain't got no time for that. Ain't got no time for that. No. Well, we should move on then, since okay. we don't got time for that. Let's do it. Winter's coming. You guys ready? No. No. You're not ready for winter? No. Dude, why does it come so quickly? I don't know. Dude, this... oh, come on. We had a huge summer. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that I feel like it was only a month ago that we were sitting here in February or March saying... Damn, the season's coming, guys. Get on the ball. I would agree with that. It's like, dude, this this whole year uh, has just, I just cannot believe that it's almost over. 
And I would agree. It just it's I don't I don't want winter to get here. I don't want to have to start a fire in my fireplace. All right. I want some warm weather. I'm already ready for summer again. That's fair. But that's not gonna happen. Nope. So that means that we need to prepare. There's some things we got to do to get our models ready. If you're doing nitro, if you're doing even gas, you know, you don't, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take care of that stuff, right? You gotta let your, uh, your nitro motors, you gotta take care, get those prepped for winter. If you're not going to be flying, you gotta get your batteries set up. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Now what happens if prepping. your nitros are still in winter storage? They're not though. So I got to get them in winter storage. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that nitro ran this year, dude. Did it? I've never, I haven't yes. seen it, dude. Sean Hempel saw it run. Ah, that's run. true. But Sean Hempel like rebuilt it. <laughs> I didn't, didn't rebuild it. He put a fly barless system on oh, it. Okay, same thing. <laughs> All right, you're right though. We do need to get ready for winter. Does anybody fly nitro anymore? Jesse does a lot. Does Jesse fly nitro? He flies the crap out of that. I think engine. he that flies w- it more than any of his other helis. He does. Does anybody do anything anymore to prep their their nitros? I mean, I used to. I haven't I haven't had to for a while. I mean, I actually I got one of my motors that I didn't do any prep to that is just fine still. Uh, I used to put automatic transmission fluid in there if I knew I wasn't going to be flying for several months. Um. I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know if how necessary that stuff is anymore with today's fuel. I suppose people still do but it. But the you know fuel Jesse hasn't does changed much, right? Well, I, I, I don't know. No. I, don't, I don't suspect it has, but I know I use cool power, and that stuff really does coat that motor well. I don't, I don't really typically have any rust issues when I've been sitting for a while. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with my climate I'm into, it, I, would, I would assume. It's, for uh-huh. me, it's been over a year since I've had a nitro, but it's still fresh in my mind, and... I used to run cool power as well, and you're right. It does, I mean, it keeps the engine nice and clean. Uh, but what I always used to do for the winter is just squirt a little bit of tri-flow in there. Yep, I mean, we've talked here. about this before. The regular old tri-flow oil, nothing special. Yeah. And, dude, you know, move the piston up and down a little bit, run it around, and it's awesome. No problems whatsoever. I, t- I take the button off. I take the crankcase button off the bottom, and I'll squirt some in from there. I'll do a little down in the carb and a little from the bottom, work it into the bearing. Oh, see, I never did it in the carb. I only did it on the back, take the back plate off. That's what I did. Or Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see, gotcha. Yeah, no, I did both sides just to get some on top of the piston, up on bottom, kind of in around the ring really good. But, you know, I did that with, uh, with that motor that I sent over to um joe's son i'm drawing a blank on the name kyle no ray um ninja raps oh boy wow, wow. uh brain fart <laughs> total brain fart at any rate that dude little ray little ninja yeah that's because i always call him little ninja so that's what always just comes to mind but that one i mean after doing that Pulled it right out. That one hadn't run in quite a long time. Almost want to say about a year. And he slapped that sucker and fired right up. Awesome. So that's kind of my, all right, I'm good with that. 
Like, I feel like that's a good solid method. Yeah, I I, I basically did the same thing because you know that automatic transmission fluid just coats it, and you can just fire it up at the at the beginning. You know, maybe run a little little nitro through it, but it uh, seemed to work for me. Didn't have any issues with it. Do you guys do anything with your? Uh, I mean. So you've got your batteries and your transmitter, stuff like that. Well, let's say you're not going to fly for a while. I mean, you guys do anything with that? Just let that sit, keep it charged. But So what I'm going to do uh, this year is, no, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to be a lot more, you know, I'm, I'm not too worried about my 5,000s because I, you know, I'm, the longest I'm going to go, Pretty much no matter what is like two weeks, maybe three all through the winter. I didn't go longer than three weeks last winter without flying. And if I'm going to go out and fly, it's definitely going to be, I'm going to grab the 700 and probably the 570. But something that I did forget about last winter is I need to remember that all batteries need to be equal and it needs to happen to all of them. That includes all of my old receiver packs. Um, they're all of my receiver packs. All of the 500 batteries. Totally forget about those every year. I'm just always only worried about my quote-unquote expensive packs. They're all expensive nowadays, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and I need to be... I feel like that's why I've never been really very good about it is because I don't do it with all of them. So actually... On my list tomorrow, uh, my son wants to get up in the morning, and uh, he he's all pumped about working on the DT, so we're going to do that. But I think while we're doing that, I'm going to fire up all the chargers and just put everything into storage mode, all of them, and then they're going to get recharged and flown as I need them, and then right back into storage mode. But I, I need to take a day because, you know, it... I got a lot of batteries and it definitely, especially without Justin's cool dude, man, little thing that he's got, it takes a freaking while. Yes, it does. To discharge, you know, three 12S 5000 stick packs. Out four amps. Yeah, six, six receiver packs. I've got three uh, 4,000 milliamp packs for the 500. Dude, it heats we, the garage pretty well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I would think that's why a lot of people don't even worry about it. Don't even, because it's just, it does take so much time. Yeah. But you know, on the packs that I've done it, I've, it's been worth it. I mean, I'm seeing, I am still flying and, and the listeners who have followed back, I am still flying the 50C 5000 milliamp, the first set of OptiPowers that I got. And they're trucking right along with no problems. And I kind of attribute to that. I have been better about these packs. I mean, these are ones that I have, with the exception of coming back from this fun fly, I've actually done the little half flight at the end of the day and left them in storage charge. So I've taken care of them. And I, and I, I mean, yeah, I feel like they're really good batteries, but... I'm consistently getting 200 cycles out of my packs, and I I want to believe that part of it is that I've just been better about leaving them in storage. 
I think it is part of it. And I think for those people who are doing the whole, you know, winter hibernation deep freeze thing, you really need to think about doing that because I mean, we, we all get into that, that situation. Well, dude, Nick, you just said that you were in it. Someone forgot to discharge their packs when you came home from the fun fly. So now how long have they been sitting fully charged? Uh, what is that? Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. So, okay. I mean, you know, it, you, it depends on who you talk to and everyone has different experiences from what, from what I can tell with my own personal experience and talking to others that the threshold is sort of somewhere between a week and two weeks. Okay. Much beyond that, you can pretty much be certain that if you continue to let your pack sit for that long, fully charged for extended periods of time, you're going to see a reduction in capacity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if you're if you're seriously in a situation like the people that are under snow for six months back on the East Coast and you're not going to fly, drop in a storage charge, you know, put them in a lipo safe bag in your garage or your shed or whatever and just leave them there over the winter. Uh, They're perfectly fine being stored at cooler temperatures as long as it's not below freezing. Uh, And that even depends on who you talk to in terms of the chemistry. And you will keep them well-preserved that way. And it, it does not take a lot of time. Even if you have to do the the discharging on your uh, on your charger, so you do one a day or one an evening or whatever while you're sitting yeah, there on and, the sim. And see, I can't remember to do that. That that's my problem. I don't have an extended attention span like that. And that, well, then just go hover it in your backyard, dude. Well, I think he just makes a plan to do it one day and does it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the, what we're doing tomorrow. I mean, we're right. we're sitting down, and while I have some time to sit out there it, to me discharging that many packs is exactly like doing laundry it's just one oh of those God, things I you hate have to, laundry yeah i know i that's why i brought that <laughs> you just have to sit down and i would rather do it all at once than fiddle fart with it a little bit each day that's a fair point would you guys say that batteries are kind of the big winterizing you know the winter thing that we got to do or is there anything else you guys consider i mean you're i guess it depends upon where you're working on your helis um, like for me what about bearings well okay so that's i believe that location you know if you're gonna fly versus flat out storage and a lot of people uh are not you know they're not in the position like we are with where we get to justin yours are stored in your garage which stays you know, it's not heated. Relatively but warm. I mean, it's, relatively in the, it's in pretty much the 50s. Yeah, but you don't have a moisture problem. No, there. no, not at all. Um, but that that is a, a problem. For some guys, they don't, you know, maybe they're, they go into their house or they're working on them in the living room. And then during the winter, maybe they have to go out into their garage where they're going to be out there freezing cold all winter or maybe into a storage area that's not heated. So if 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 you are the type like the Wyoming type or the deep Montana type where it's like you're you're going to pack them away and not pick them up until March or something like that, I would personally um 
take some WD-40 on a rag, spray it on a rag, and I would wipe down all of the metal surfaces, all the heads on my bolts. Definitely uh, bolt heads, dude, because they will come out rusty and nasty. That's right. And you know what the cool part about WD-40 is? It's so forgiving. It is it is so, so rare that WD-40 actually harms a surface. I would probably not wipe my canopy down with it. I don't feel that there's any added value in that. But you don't have to worry about getting it on the frame. Just put it on a rag, wipe it over all the bolts, skids, main shaft, run it over the tail shaft. You can even, you know, be pretty liberal with your tri-flow up. You know, go through all of your bearings with some tri-flow. Do that, put it away, call it good. That's all that I would do to an electric um, nitro. I would, you know, same thing like we said with the motor, either tranny fluid or tri-flow. Run it through the motor a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm of torn. What do you guys think about the whole fuel thing? Some people, oh, I always leave a little bit in it. Other people say, not nah, drain it fuel completely out. Yeah, my personal experience has been I leave a little in because the two times that I have left my fuel magnet dry for more than like a couple of days or a week, it ended up getting brittle. And then when I went to go and change it out, it like crumbled. Well, I agree, except that for me, winter storage it almost kind of doesn't matter because I'm going to change it anyway in the spring. Like, I'm going to put a new clunk line and a new fuel magnet on there, period, no matter what. Well, if I'm going to leave fuel in my heli, I don't leave a partial tank. I fill it up. All the way up. All the way up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the fuel's not going to go bad over the winter. It won't go bad over the course of a winter. No, no. way. I would, I would fly it. I mean, in, unless you come back to your heli and it's just like absolutely dripping with moisture or something, something like that, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Nah, I don't worry about it. Full tank. Color good. Well, that's the only Color thing good. that I can think of as far as, as far as winter storage. I got nothing else. No, I don't. I think, you know, it's all about the fuel, whether it's battery or nitro, you know? Yeah. And then that is keep the rust true. off your shit. Yeah. Wipe it down with a little WD on the metal. And- Having a trailer full of new hellies isn't anything to complain about, but we're still talking about the same old dumb thumbing, triple sow cow, and Charlie Chaplin Ottawan pilot behind the sticks. Now, I'm not exactly easy on my helis, and when I need parts, I need them fast. This is where Lower Heli comes to the rescue. With a great variety of my personal favorite heli parts and batteries, no matter how bad the crash, I'm sure to be able to get right back in the air to do it all over again. Fly lower at www.lowerheli.com. So Dan, I want to know what's on your what's on your winter project list because at some point, in theory, you're gonna quit working nine thousand hours a week. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
and you're going to have some time to work on something. So what, what are your winter projects? What are your goals for this winter? I want to, I mentioned it earlier and I've talked about it a few times and I really, the more I think about it, the, the more I'm, I'm wanting to go down this road. It's uh it's just kind of a huge commitment because I really want to go down the gasser road, but it almost means kind of starting over with the fleet at that point. Um, so it's kind of a huge commitment, but that's really good. Kind of what I want to look at. I, I, I want, I just, I want that, man, that newness of something new and exciting. I I don't, I, you know, I look around and I'm like, what other heli would I like to get? And if it weren't a gasser and I can't really name anything other than maybe, uh, the Synergy Nitro. Mm -hmm. Um, I got the Forza and it, 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 I enjoyed it for a while. I, it's just, I don't know. I, I just, it's sitting up on a shelf at work and uh it just doesn't excite me like it did first of all you know it's that whole the 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 perch replacement on that helicopter is a little on the little on the crazy side i'm not saying it's not a good helicopter it's it's it is but you know i'm not i'm not really looking forward to putting that one in uh just just because the price of, of replacement parts and i can even get a discount on those parts so uh, even that, even that being said, it's kind of expensive. So the big thing for me this winter is to, you know, look at the gas, what's available in the gasser market and kind of figure it out. I know that I'm going to start, like I said, with the E700, but there's other conversions out there. And, um, you know, I gotta, I gotta take an honest, hard look at all of them. And, uh, I, I want to build, you know, a couple good gassers over the winter. Oh, a, a couple yeah, gassers. Yeah, a couple. Huh? Yeah. So the E seven hundred's one. What's what are you thinking on the second one? I can't. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Goblin. Oh my <laughs> god, dude! Just seriously, build a second E seven hundred. No, he's gonna build. Don't a goblin. do. You no, I wouldn't do two E seven hundreds. You gotta do. You you know that you have to do the goblin gasser. I'm considering it. Because that is the standard by which all 3D gassers are now compared. You know, I was talking with uh, Doug Darby, and, and he was like, you know, all kidding aside, it's the best conversion out there. That, I, mean, I mean, I'm using someone else's words, right? So I think it's something that I have to take an honest look at. Yeah. If I'm going to go down that road. At least consider it. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. And I, I respect that you're willing to consider it. I, I really... I'm not saying you absolutely have to get one, but you would definitely be shortchanging yourself if you didn't look into it just because it's a goblin. I just wish it didn't look like a, go- a goblin. <laughs> Don't fly it with the canopy on. Uh, I can't do... I Dude, I have to have canopies on, man. I do not do well without canopies. I don't know how you guys do that, but that's really the big one. And then... Something I've always wanted to do, and I say it at the beginning of winter every year, but I never seem to get around to it. And that's to kind of take a look at some RC Aerodyne stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And look at a scale. I say really? that every year, and I kind of start pricing it out. But the reality of it is, is man, y- you can drop some cash into a scale, right? You can really drop yeah, some time and cash into a scale. very fast. 
And that's not a that's not a bad thing, but it typically, you know, you start pricing that stuff out and the next thing you know, you're like, oh man, do I really want to do this? Especially if you want to, you know, you got other things you want to do, you know. Uh, that's my kicker. That's what gets me every year is that I want one bad. I mean, like that Apache, I would just, oh, I would love to have something like that. And I, if I had it, I know that I would really fly it and like, I would put the time into getting really good at it. I I genuinely believe that. But like you said, I have a, you know, I have probably an, an approximate budget that I'm going to spend over the course of winter. And it's always on my want list, but it's, it's not on your need list. It's not on my need list. And it's not, it never just quite makes the cut. You know, that's probably a good way to approach this topic. Wants and needs. I can tell you, uh, I want to try the gasser thing, but I, there is one thing that I need and I need to update my charging system. I know we just kind of talked about charging a little bit. Um, I don't, it's not that I don't have a, I, it's, you know, these chargers that I'm, that I've got are working fine, but you know, uh, two, two things actually that I need and they both kind of apply to the charging system. This winter, absolutely, a new generator is a must. I cannot go through oh, another season with that yes, generator. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we all experience So along that. those lines, kind of the more realistic, or realistic, maybe is the not the correct term, but, you know, if I really prioritized wants versus needs, and even if I said that I need a gasser, I think higher on that list of priorities for me at this point is a generator and a charging system because that really is my charging system is really antiquated at this point. Effective, but antiquated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that would be that would be fun. It would be fun to kind of build a new charging case too. I mean, I enjoyed doing that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think I could build a better one, you know, now that I've done one. Uh, especially now that I've got access to some, you know, better tools to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, that's kind of stuff like that. Uh, the charging case, I, I really, I'm hoping to get involved with the gassers a little deeper and really enjoy that stuff. Because I, I did enjoy it back when I, I used to have a couple of them, as we all know. I had the Bergen and a couple others. And... um I had them too soon in my flying career because, you know, they were, that Bergen especially was not a beginner's model. It was, it was a modeler's model, right? You you had to do a lot of modification on that thing and that, you know, just to keep it flying essentially. I did enjoy it. I love the size and the time you could fly. So I really think that's, that's, that's really where my winner is pointing towards. I dig it. We'll, we'll see it how it plays out. So let's see. Justin, you want to, what, what are you going to do? What's your plan for this winter? Well, I, you know, plans are different from what's actually going to get executed on. And I actually, yeah, I have but- a huge list of things that I would like to play with. For one, we've already talked about the trailer. And that continues to be a high priority item on my list. And, you know, gotten the the go-ahead from the wife already. So I'm sort of in 
you know, I'm not I'm not rushing into it. It's not something that I feel like I need immediately because we're pretty much done with the fun fly season. So I feel like I can look around and find one either new or used and plan things out, kind of spend the next few months figuring out exactly how I want to do it. Uh, and so I'm super excited about that. Uh, you know, like we talked before, four by six, I got to be able to sleep in it. It needs to hold all the helis and the gear and not be so heavy that my Scion XB literally is brought to its knees. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that that is a pretty reasonable set of goals. Uh, I've talked now to a number of listeners who were uh, kind enough to share some of their own projects uh, in trailers. And I've seen a couple of people that have gone as far as to like build up a custom trailer from like a Harbor Freight open trailer. You know what I mean? You can go and buy like a four by six or a four by eight utility trailer from Harbor Freight uh, for yep. like 250 Be careful bucks. with that trailer. I have. One. Yeah. Well, okay. And so, and I've done a lot of research on this. You're right. You do have to be careful. And pretty much everyone says, if you're going to do it, you should expect to have to do some welding to reinforce things, to tie bits and, and replace pieces, the axle, get, oh, put better hubs on oh, it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I've seen a little bit about that, but it sounds like you and I need to talk <laughs> anyway. I, I, I have looked at that and I think that some of the people that have done that are really creative and were able to build like, you know, wooden frames on top of that and put like plastic or aluminum siding sheets on it. So it's all nice and waterproof and it comes out really nice, but I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, what is my time worth? It's gotta be more than that. And I recognize when my skills are not up to par for what I'm going to be expecting from a perfection standpoint. So I've already pretty much concluded I'm going to just drop the money on one, whether it's new or used. We'll see. I will probably look around for the next month or so for a used one. And if nothing's really popping up, then I already know of a place in Olympia that sells them uh, brand new four by six. It's all black. So I can rock the RCHN logo just like your bigger one, Dan. And it's like, I think it's like $1,500, which oh, that's nice. not bad at all. Vinos, you know, plywood on interior. Yeah. Justin, on a side note, if you're serious about that, I can tell you that the place, you know, trailers here are much cheaper than they are where you guys In live. In Montana? Oh, yeah. Really? I would totally be willing if you wanted, if we found one out here, I'd bring it out there just for the trip. Dan just wants to come eat at the Black Friday. <laughs> I want to come eat at Well, I want, I was just I thinking want that would be a great excuse to go to that place too. So we might have a deal here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I will. The Now that you mentioned that, Dan, I've also heard that uh, Idaho has really cheap stuff. Yep. Yeah. I think the further you get away from Seattle, the, the cheaper it's going to be for okay. you. Well, I will the farther from the people. Exactly. The farther from the people, the cheaper it's going to be. Right. But I can tell you a trailer, you know, I, when I was shopping, I looked at a lot of trailers and, and, um, I almost bought a used one. Uh, I I was looking on the West coast further over and they just, I couldn't believe how uh, the closer you got to the ocean, the more expensive they got by quite a bit. 
So I think you could find a good used one for quite a bit cheaper than what you're going to find. That is a killer anyway, idea. Side yeah. Note. No, I will. I'll look into that for sure. Well, anyway, the so the trailer is sort of the physically largest ticket item on the list, but I'm also taking a look at the fleet a little bit. Uh, you know, I I've got a couple of things on my mind. We've talked about the Henselet TDR2 or TDS, and it's clear that's not going to happen as a winter build. I thought that that might have been a possibility towards the end of the winter, but now I'm not clear as to whether I'll even get it in time to get it up and running and tested before Urcha Speed Cup. So what I am going to try to do, though, is slowly piece together the components that I'd like to put in it because I'm, it's, a, it's, it's a spared no expense thing, right? So I'm not going to go and skimp on something like that. It will be the new flagship speed machine, or at least that's my current objective. And so I've got to kind of, you know, figure things out, uh, determine what the servos that are that I'm going to use because uh, it uses a linear servo actuation system. So I got to make sure that whichever of the MKSs I choose, it's got the correct features um, the, the ESC, Jan actually has a custom TDS and TDR2 version cosmic with a heat sink that like has curvature to it. So it fits under the canopy. So, you know, bits and pieces like that, uh, I'm going to start piecing that together. So I've got a whole system ready for when the heli is actually available for me on the speed side of things. Not really much of a change. I mean, I, I I did just get the Goblin Speed back from you, Nick. Uh, you know, we thought you might actually want to give it a try. And turns out, as I'm sure we'll hear on your winter projects, that that's not what you're prioritizing. And so now that I've got it back, uh, talking to a couple of friends, and, and in particular, uh, Ugo Marks, who is a friend and a fellow ex-Nova team member, uh, he is big into drag racing. I mean, he does all sorts of speed, but drag racing he's well known for. And he drag races with a standard goblin speed. So I figured I've never actually done a real drag race. That might be something that would be kind of fun to, to try out. Uh, so I'm going to see if I can piece some components together and get the, the goblin speed built as a drag racer. And it'll be kind of fun and interesting to see just how different the setup needs to be in order to excel in drag racing compared to, you know, actual FAI style speed. Yeah, I think it'd be freaking awesome. Yeah. And I also feel like it, you know, kind of going along the same lines as what I've talked about before, just trying to get more people into the speed scene. Drag racing might be even more of a gateway drug for that because uh, it, it relies a lot less on aerodynamics because of the type of racing it is, which means you can pick up any model, and if you tune it and set it up correctly, you might actually have a chance. I mean, you know, Dieter did a fun fly drag race competition this year, right, Dan? You were there? Yes, he did. And yep. Sean Hempel won it with that beefy-ass Logo 700 with the Thor's hammerhead. So there you go. Yeah. So who who knows? You know, drag racing could be something that would be interesting to try out. 
Um, Goblin 380, three blade head. Maybe? I don't know. For 230 bucks. What do you guys think about that? 230 bucks for a three bladed 380 head conversion. Mm, it I mean it's Expensive. it's spendy. There's no question. It's spendy. Uh the like I say 700, yes. And and I haven't converted my 570. Sorry, SAB, not touching it. No way. <laughs> Love that heli long time just like it is. I do not want to mess with that 570. That thing is sacred just like that. I love it. But the 380 with the, you know, feeling that added stability that the three-blade head gives the 700, that would make it very intriguing to me to put on a 380. And that's kind of why, because I've flown your three-bladed 700 a few times, and while I'm... I mean, I haven't flown it enough to know for sure if it's for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like the added stability that it would provide to a 380, which is already, quite frankly, an incredibly stable model. I mean, it flies like a 500, like an old school Align 500, hands down. So with the three blade, if it's that much better, that could that could make a big difference. Yeah, it. It strikes me like, you know, the difference of going from, say, fly bar to fly barless was a lot bigger The small uh, of a change the smaller the model you get. Yep. That added stability yes. was just so much more pronounced on the on the smaller helis. So that that's what makes me say I would lean toward, yeah, give it a shot. I mean, if you were say, telling me, 500 or you know 570 i'd be like i don't know yeah and and i i get that but i mean on the other hand there's nothing really about my 380 that i feel like i need to or want to change it just it just flies the way i like it to fly yep so we'll we'll have to see but you know that that could be I'll tell you what, the three-blade head is lowest on the list out of everything, and it's probably going to be one of those things where, like, we're in the dead of winter, and Justin hasn't screwed with anything in a long time, and I just get this wild, crazy, impulsive hair in my ass, and I just have to buy it. So, which fair. Could happen. Absolutely could happen. I mean, Black Friday, dude. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Shit, that's coming up, Oh, yeah. So that brings me to the probably the biggest one. And I, oh man, the Protos. I the yes. V2. And I am struggling with this one. And I'm going to tell you why. And I know, I just know I'm going to get hate mail from people on this, but I don't care because it's how I feel. That model looks incredibly badass i love all the design features i think it's well thought out i think it is aesthetically pleasing i like the Mm -hmm. pricing i like that i can fly it between a 700 and an 800 including 750s and deal for you Yep, big deal and it appears as if msh is really pushing the upgrades they just released this like um ultra lightweight plastic frame drops 100 grams off the gorilla gear, so they're indestructible because we know Jackhammer likes to do that. 
And oh, yeah. and so I, there's like no reason not to do it except for the one. power bus. The power, power bus. bus. Yes. Yeah. You want to know my one reason? Give it to me. Everyone keeps buying it before me. Dude, it's like, I mean, I made a comment on one of my friend's Facebook walls who was like, yeah, V2 Max on the way. And I'm like, oh, my God. By the time I get one, it's going to be a damn goblin in popularity. Well, then just buy it tomorrow. But, like, is that being petty? I'm okay. I mean, I, I'm, buy it right now. I'm on board with it if it's being petty. I'm, I I can admit okay, to that. Okay, but here's the deal. <laughs> yes and no. I get where you're coming from. You don't want to be the last one to get one, but <laughs> coming from someone who has done the whole, I want to be the first, I want to feel unique to, I just want reliable shit that flies that I can get parts for every day. If a lot of people are getting it, that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, for what it's worth, it has nothing to do with I want to be the first. In fact, I want to be the exact opposite of the first because I don't want to deal with public freaking beta testing. And I and I think that they've gotten past that. That's not where MSH is. They did all the testing before it came out. So that's I think good. it's a great time to get it. I really do. And, and I, I mean, I think that that model makes so much sense for you because it allows you to dabble back and forth with the 700 770 even more you know, easily than it does with the goblin 770 700 correct yeah man yep that's why to me it really makes sense i mean that's your uh, you really like that 750 size it seems to be your bag of chips um, it, it suits your flying style. So I, I, ah, dude, I see, truthfully, I see zero reason not to try. That's where I'm at I, too. I dude. really do. Maybe yeah. I just need to place the order. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Do it. And oh. like last winter, hopefully not as big of a fail as last winter, of course, I will... Uh, recommence my fiddling about with motor winding oh. and my and my bench top dyno. So um, me and a couple of listeners have you know we go back and forth every couple of months on motor winding and building our own dynos and stuff. And of course, when the season rolls around, it all stops. And I haven't touched it now since probably March. Uh, but you know. I played around with winding a couple of smaller motors earlier last winter. Like, basically, I had a bunch of multi-rotor motors lying around that I had for another project. And they were, like, the cheap ones, right? Where you go to, like, the, you know, whatever, the, the Chinese website, and you spend eight bucks a motor. You get, like, six or eight motors for $50. So I couldn't care less what I do with them. So I unwound them and wound a couple up and, you know, yeah, they work, but I have no way of assessing performance because I haven't finished the dyno yet. So that's just something to kind of fill in the, fill in the gaps when there's nothing else major to mess with. And I will, I will say that I would like to fly the sim consistently throughout the winter. We'll see how that turns out, but that that's my goal. 
Cool, man. Sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah. What do you what got going you, on, Nick? Uh, mine's not. I, I'm going for realistic this year. I'm not going to set crazy huge goals because I really want to achieve all of them. Uh, a couple small trailer projects. Nothing big. I'm actually super happy with the with the trailer, so I don't think I'll be doing much there. Uh, the five hundreds on my list to do something with that. I had, and this ties into why the speed heli went back to Justin. I had a blast speed flying. Um, but I, I really just don't think that the seven hundred class speed thing is for me. I have a hard time buying eight hundred, nine hundred dollar speed controllers. I have a hard time buying four hundred and fifty dollar motors. Period. End of story. That doesn't fit my budget. It's just four fifty, you know? dude. That's a tiny ass speed motor. Okay, you made my point. Thank you. <laughs> it's just not, you know, eating through packs every fifty flights. It's just not for me. However, I still want to experience it, but I really enjoy experiencing it on a level like, you know, like a lot of the people did at the Fun Fly. That was fun. I had fun doing that. I don't need to build the biggest and the baddest and the fastest and the best to have fun. So what I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to take the Goblin 500 and I think I'm going to buy the new 500 Sport airframe. I like the way that it sits. I like the canopy shape on it. And I've got a... <laughs> between me and Dan, we have put a butt ton of flights on that 500. It has seen a lot. Now, it's been fixed, so there's no, you know, there's no issues there. But, I, I mean, I've, that thing has had its money worth out of it. So, I feel like it, it might just be kind of cool, you know? Pull the stuff out of it, put it in a nice new 500 Sport... Put a bigger motor in there and turn that into like my my little 500 speed heli. It was a blast. If I can get it to where it tunes and I can do good, solid, consistent runs in the 115 mile an hour range, I would be so happy with it. And, and I think it would scratch enough of the speed itch that I do have, uh, but not totally break the bank. Justin, what do you think about that plan? Like, what do you think about the 500 Sport versus modifying mine? I, well, okay. So I think I think the 500 Sport could be a really good competitor. And I, when I say competitor, I'm not necessarily saying like the competition scene itself. But amongst the 500 class models that seemed to be growing in popularity for speed with the R5 and, you know, even the Gowie X5 formula, that sort of a thing. Those are all pretty speedy helis. So I think the mm -hmm. 500 Sport makes a lot of sense. Um, the conversion of your 500 to a 500 Sport, do you know how, I mean, is that going to be possible? Oh no! I would just buy a new. I would buy the new air. Oh, okay. So you're not you're not actually going to convert yours. No, I looked at it, and it's. I mean, we're talking frame sides and skids and canopy, and and by that time, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think if I'm gonna, and here's the thing, 
if I'm going to use it for speed, I'm going to be pushing the mechanics to the absolute maximum. To me, from a safety perspective, it makes sense to just buy all new. Yeah, that makes sense. Because then I can get on a documented flight regiment of, you know, replacing components and maintenance and yep. that sort of yep. thing. I mean, I want to do it properly. I want to treat it like, you know, you would a bigger speed. Well, heli. then Just, I'm all for going for the 500 Sport because it's got to look the part too, dude. And, and, it and does. let's face it, like. If you decide after six months, you know what? Okay, I had my fun, you know, sped around a little bit. I don't want to do it anymore. Convert it back to a 3D model, and it still looks awesome. You can put yeah. the freaking, uh, well, are they going to do normal skids for the 500 Sport? Kind of like they do you know, with the... I'm not sure, but that's kind of also why I'm I'm totally okay with keeping this airframe around. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm... Uh, who knows? And I might just say, <laughs> dude, the way I am, it, there is a, just as good of a possibility because I do want to go to a bigger motor uh, to put in the 500 Sport. I would like to put a 4025 motor in there uh, instead of a 4020. Right. Uh, I'm kind of thinking like, God, if I'm going to put a different motor in it, uh, okay, the speed controller would carry over, but maybe I want to do this little bastard on 12S. And, okay, so then maybe, well, God, at that point, just buy some new servos and just build it all. So maybe I'll, I'll keep a different one. My point being that I really believe my 570 through this last part of the year, I, I love that thing from the core. That you seem to is, enjoy flying that more than pretty much any of your other models. I love it because it's it is the most plug and play helicopter I have ever had in my whole whole entire heli career. I put batteries in it; it flies, flies at any head speed I want it to, and it is so simple to tune. It doesn't bobble; doesn't matter. Fly it at twenty one; doesn't bobble. Twenty three fifty; doesn't bobble. I love that about it i mean it's just it's so such a friendly helicopter to tune and fly and it it flies so smooth and fluid that i yeah it's it's kind of like uh we've we've got a bond so i think that's gonna be my lunchtime high flight count you know try new maneuvers that's gonna be the one and then i'm really gonna enjoy the 700s on the weekend because they're just well let's face it they're 700 well so but but in in the vein of winter projects that must mean the 570s getting converted to a three blade no not at all <sighs> i have no desire to convert the only the only thing that i am going to do to that 570 this winter is put a new motor. I'm going to treat it to a new motor. That freaking helicopter has given me so many good solid flights. That is still the HK, not even the HK3, but the HK4025-550, the smooth can, oh, the eight pole. Oh, man. Yeah. I know. Old school. Old school. And that helicopter deserves a nice new motor. Yeah, that's so fair. I'm, I'm definitely going to put a new motor in that. Uh, but no, I think that's going to be it for the 570. 
you know, I'll, I'll probably keep the 500 Goblin airframe around, uh, whether I take some parts out of it or not to put in the sport. And then, um, you know, de- depending, I, I don't really know. I mean, well, I kind of do, but I don't know timeline. SAB's got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. I don't think it's going to be super soon. So I might start, you know, I might start stockpiling a power system and, you know, all my components for another model next year. Do that. But as far as 700s go, one's definitely going to stay three blade. I'm going to keep it just like that. We want to start messing around with dampling a little bit more. And like, I'm just, I I still really enjoy flying that. That's kind of like my tweak and tune heli. Like, I, I really enjoyed a tweak and tune on it because the tune is so different being a three-blade. The two-blade, I kind of thought this would be kind of cool and just because I need something to tinker with, right? So what I think is the new, the new SAB canopies don't have numbers on them, meaning they don't say 630, 700, right. It just says just, goblin. Goblin. So what I'm thinking is I'm going to take my 702 blade because that's another one that's just like nothing but flown. Been great heli to me all. So, and this is the bone, mine is the bone stock 700 comp. 700 comp. I'm going to go carbon with it. So I'm going to put the new carbon or the carbon boom on it, but I'm going to do 630 frames and a 630 carbon canopy. Oh, ultra light. Yep. See if we can't knock a little bit of weight off of it. And I'm going to kind of do this like weird little pseudo project 700 uh, goblin competition light or whatever. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to call it. But I'm pretty sure that I can fit. Uh, well, actually, I know that I can fit 6S5000s in the 630 frame set, no problem. Run the little bit smaller canopy. Maybe I'll dink around with trying to lighten it up a little bit and then mess around with some damping in the head and see, because, you know, mine flies great at 2100. I'd like to reduce a little bit of weight and and mess with the damping and see if I can't get it back into that 1980, 2000 RPM range. So that, I think, is going to be my my tinker. I like it. My yeah, that yeah, that just, would be pretty cool. Just something different, a little bit unique, you know, a little bit of kind of a personal twist. Feel like I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of been flying. Like I haven't tweaked much because that's, I mean, you know, you really don't need to do anything to these. True. I I, I hate to be fanboyish, but you kind of pull them out of the box and just fly. Too late. Just, too <laughs> late. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> no, nah, but Justin knows. I mean, they don't they don't need modding. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I think a lot of models nowadays don't need modding. That's, it's that's not very a line, very fair. You know. No, you don't. But that's kind of the, you know, I've enjoyed that. Uh, but part of me still wants to tinker and, and not lose reliability. So if I can freshen one up, if that if, you know, if that brings me into summer, uh, into springtime with a freshened up two blade. The three blades still the same, 
the 570 is still the same, just with a new motor and a new 500 to play with, I would be perfectly happy. And I feel that that's a, a very reasonable goal. True. Awesome. Sounds very reasonable. Yeah. Try not to go too crazy. As you know, 2015 has been a big year for BK Designs. They've grown tremendously and are now distributing BK servos, switchblades, and Spartan flybarless systems. Bert and Susie provide top-notch customer support, and we're honored that they've chosen to help support us here at RC Alienation. As if that wasn't enough, they've decided to say thank you to all of our listeners for the support you guys have given them. If you head over to www.bkdesignsllc.com forward slash RCHN, you'll find a special page just for our listeners where you will receive 20% off of your next order. Thank you again to BK Designs for being so generous to the listeners of RC Hilly Nation. And again, that's www.bkdesignsllc.com forward slash RCHN. You'll get 20% off your next order. I wonder what Jesse's going to do this winter. Fix a motorhome? Fix a roof? (laughs) You know, I don't know. We'll we'll have to ping him next time. We will have to find out. I bet she's going to work on having a kid. (laughs) Oh, if that isn't already. Oh, dude. Is there going to be a baby (laughs) Salmonson at our fun fly next year? (laughs) Oh, wouldn't that be funny? That's a fun project. Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't talked about it much. Uh, I know he was thinking about doing the, the, what is it, 766? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see. We'll quiz him next week. What do you guys think? Should we wrap this one up? Yeah, let's do yep. that. So, before we go, a few reminders. Uh, we got some apparel in the store. Now, hopefully that whole store experience come next spring is a lot easier for you. But in the meantime, head on over to our webpage if you're interested. Uh, got the store link there. You can check out some apparel, what we have left. Uh, also, sign up for uh, citizen membership. Now, if you have any questions about that stuff, Go ahead and email Ken at rcalienation.com. He's the guy that's going to get you the answers to those questions. And enjoy the the chat box while it's still there. (laughs) It's going to go away. Bye-bye. That's right, though. We'll figure something out. To be honest with you, and actually this point was brought up to me uh, when I was kind of suggesting that we should keep that. We've noticed it that since we're back on Helifreak, that the participation in there has kind of dropped because now it's more of a, you know, of a discussion on Heli Freak as opposed to what's happening on the front page. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's probably just as good as anything. It's not, you know, it's not instant. It's not chatting, but nonetheless, still a good place to go to find out what's going on and talk with other listeners. Yep. Uh, let's see. Before I head into some other stuff, why don't we just get some emails out of the way, Nick? If I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You would send me an email to nick at rchelionation.com. How about you, Justin? You could send me an email to justin at rchelionation.com. 
If you wanted to get an email to Jesse, you could do that at jesse at rchelionation.com. I'm Dan. You could reach me at dan at rchelionation.com and Dan K. Reed on the forums. Uh, Facebook, we appreciate your support there. Constantly growing. I don't even know what it's at now. I'm guessing Over it's 4, like 4,600. 4, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And, uh, you know, keep an eye out for, it's not going to happen soon, but like we mentioned the webpage, we're going to be working on that. So, um, I imagine at some point there's going to be some downtime, but that's, uh, that's a few months down the road. So no rush there, just a heads up and, uh, let's see any other reminders guys that we want to. Uh, let everybody know about we, or? We've got a game show coming up pretty soon here. I think. Right? Yes, we do. Jesse's going to do this one. So that means that you can ask Justin or Nick and I guess Dan's me. eligible. Someone's got to pick Dan. <laughs> do not squander so, this opportunity, guys. This time, typically when you do those game shows, you would send me an email. Uh, this time, Jesse's going to be handling that. Uh, so go ahead and send him an uh, email if you're interested in participating in that. I th- think... Actually, I guess we would still do it the same way, wouldn't we? He would just be hosting it. Yeah. So, yeah, just if you're interested in doing that, let us know. If you have any questions, if you wanted to have a question played on air. Now, we haven't had a lot of people really take advantage of this, a few people, but uh, if you have a question uh, that you would like to hear on air and have the guys answer questions at rcalienation.com, send those in and uh, we'll do what we can with them. And if you're nervous about that, and I kind of think that's the case, uh, if you have a good question, go ahead and email it, and uh, maybe we can just do it ourselves for you. Yeah. But it's real simple. Just get your iPhone out. Don't be shy. Just uh, give us the question, and we'll put it on the air, and the guys will answer it. If you think that about wraps it up, guys. This has been episode 205. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. this has been a production of rc heli nation llc and is brought to you by soco heli tools progressive rc rev electrics usa lower heli bk servos and spartan fly barless systems if you have any comments or questions please feel free to send us an email 